Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Welcome. Welcome. To Hello. Pinko Kamisatsa. We're all here. How's everyone doing? It is... What date is the it? The day, the weekend after the beaver moon. Yep. I'm going to say it again, guys. It's the weekend after the beaver moon. Uh, yeah. There was an eclipse as well, a lunar eclipse. The um, boring eclipse. Yeah, I guess. Uh, we do have a solar it? eclipse coming up. I don't know if we can see it from where we are, is- though. Battle in heavens makes day into night. Lunar eclipse is battle in heaven makes night into other night. Yeah. Um, it sometimes makes the moon look weird. Yeah. It can okay, have a cool. certain color. That's glow. almost like changing day to night and making us question the existence of a loving God Black as darkness covers Won't all of us. Won't you come and wash away the rain like old sun? Won't you come? Won't you come? Alright, we're warmed up. This yeah, is I got my URL out. R.I.P. to a real one. That's a different Yarl. Well, who died? What? Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell died. died like and I'm years still ago. mourning oh, it. Oh, I was just, I thought, in okay. mourning of Chris Cornell. I'm still in that space where you know whenever what? I if think about it. If you would have asked me very suddenly if Chris Cornell was still alive, I would have been like, ah, ah, ah. So, thanks. I would have. Yeah, no, I I was Steve's roommate at the time, which means I have trauma too. (laughs) Yeah, transferred trauma. I was sad for like two weeks after it happened. I never experienced that with a person I never met before. But anyway, the point is he didn't call it Black Hole Moon because those are boring. (laughs) Yeah, and the music video for that show. uh, Well, a moon can't become a black hole, Marlo. Yeah, a moon can't do a lot of things. He was just being scientific about it. It's a lesser deity. Excuse me, it has to be a star imploding. It can't be a moon. And and I don't think our... Moon can't become a sun. They are two different things. I don't think our sun could be a black hole either. It's not big enough. Yeah, it's below the thing that they say. Yeah, it, the it, it would become like a dwarf or a... 
It'll it'll do something so, else. I forget so what you know what? Do. That's right, people. Get it out of your minds that we're yeah. gonna enjoy a real cool calling you suck out. into a black hole apocalypse. No, we're gonna have a white dwarf situation where the sun's just gonna dim out and yeah. it's gonna get real cold. Actually, I think and it go does red giant. We're gonna I die before that, guys. That's hilarious. We are we are on the way. <sighs> Did anyway. you guys watch Finch? Finch? It's a Tom Hanks movie uh, where it's like uh, after a climate disaster and there's a robot and it's 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 uh, uh, whatever. But the depiction of the climate disaster was, I felt, very realistic in a way that bummed me out. Uh, I did see that uh, black comedy no where Tom Hanks goes to get himself sacrificed in the volcano. That was fun. Okay. It's a good movie. Underrated. Um, Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> Climate change disaster movies, though. Um, the best one is for me, um, Wally. Obviously, that's uh, that's the realistic universe that I always live in. Is the future where Wally? Oh, exists. where the the fat phobic. <laughs> Yeah, everyone. The every, one where everyone, dudes are just vibing until that robot uh, ruins their thing. Well, that robot was vibing on Earth, and he was also in love with Eva. Yeah, I, I also saw the movie, Stephen. You do not need to. Uh, well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the audience. Okay. I'm talking to the people that want to feel the soothing pleasure of nostalgia for 2000. Uh, so Steve's going to seven. do a scene by scene of all of Wally. Well, there's the time that he meets the robot and the robot clinks him and they fall in love and he goes and then he goes and escapes the planet. Alright, we're done with this. And then a lot of oh, other and, things happen and in Al that movie Gore, too. Al Gore comes on at the end and is like, we should fight climate we should open a lockbox oh, and man. fight remember climate change. Inconvenient truth. Yeah, guys. yeah, I remember that. I watched it with my grandpa. I just remember I saw it in the lounge at TW in TCNJ, like I junior also, year of college. Junior year. Why were you in the lounge of a freshman dorm? Junior because that's year of where college? they had the movie showing. Okay, Stephen. Or maybe it was freshman year. But anyways, they, they had Wally playing and I was like, Why is Al why is Al Gore on the screen? <laughs> anyway, speaking of No, I, I saw it on purpose. <laughs> saw it on pur I mean I saw the movie on purpose. Yeah. What, I think we why all are you did. giving me side eye? No, right now? I don't understand. I don't understand this very inside baseball college. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know why we're talking about. I'm very confused. I don't, I don't know why we're talking about it either. Frankly, <laughs> I, Steve let us down this movie. road. Steve let us down this road, and now we're talking about Pixar's Wally from the several it, years. Oh, look, we're all gonna die. <laughs> um, we're talking about. I just am like bummed out that. There's no plan that's like even a bad plan I could do cocaine about. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? For climate change. Yeah, it just no, feels no like plan. I can't even, con I can't even like, uh, do like, cocaine and come up with it is what you're saying? I'm saying I can't do cocaine and be like, yeah, this is a great plan. Like, this is going to work, man. <laughs> We're going to change it. Yeah. There's nothing out there Not even here. giving us that. I mean, maybe you should do some <sighs> cocaine and see if you, if the, the fires start. Burning. No, I mean. No, no. She's saying she she wants a plan that it is at least cokehead level. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm saying that that's not either. We don't even have that level. 
uh, earlier today, I looked on Twitter, and I think um, the narrative point that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is actually a Hispanic has uh, come what? up. Do you have uh, you are you familiar no, with this? I'm not. Uh, so when he got arrested, when the thing happened, he got arrested. Um, People already were like, ah, these white guys with guns, da da da. People, uh, somebody dredged up a, a ticket from two years prior, so like 2018 or earlier, where the cop had listed him as Hispanic, mm. which is not a definitive. Um, <laughs> no, nah, that's legal. The, that's the state saying it. Yeah. Also, um, well, Hispanic isn't Latino, so uh, also it doesn't mean anything. Um, but it's is that funny. why they ask non-Hispanic white? Yeah, Hispanic. They don't ask you at it. This is just what the cop assumes you are. This right, is right, not. Yeah. To answer your question about the census, yes, for whatever weird quirk, the United States re- recognizes two ethnicities as existing, which is Latino and/or Hispanic, and not Latino and/or Hispanic. I'll understand it myself, but you know, everything else is a race. Well, it's not just on the census. Like yeah, when it's I on when I forms. job application. That's but anyway, Rittenhouse, uh, a Spaniard by acclamation. <laughs> yeah, Rittenhouse. Of the uh, Kyle Rodriguez well, yeah, Rittenhouse. So yeah, of course I just mean it. Of a blood. Yeah. Also, Spaniards. You know, guys, we don't have to. <sighs> I don't know why this grinds my gears. People being unable to differentiate. What grinds your gears about? To explain the grinding. Uh, well, saying someone's Hispanic doesn't mean they're not white. <laughs> so it's a meaningless thing to say for, and it's just one of these disingenuous well, talking yeah, points, obviously, obviously. But they're not even doing it. They're not even doing it. Many reasons. The right way. Like uh, even the- being a Spaniard doesn't make you not white. Right, right. Um, but also the whole like effort is clearly um, in extremely bad faith and stupid. Well, yeah, I well. also think it's dumb that it's based on like, <laughs> like it's based on the it's based and, on and just also everything else about it is dumb. Yeah, it's based on just and I don't even know how verified the story is about him getting whatever. I do know a Greek friend of mine got a ticket and it listed her as African American. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and I just Fair. am just sort of laughing at the idea that something could happen one day it's, and they like they would pull up uh, that one ticket and the sorry girl myriad of tickets she's gotten <laughs> and be like <laughs> well this woman is black mm-hmm. and uh, she's never said that or whatever or, or even more hilarious if she were to be accused of black fishing based on that yeah. based on a cop just well that's what she puts on her like tinder profile is the that picture that lists her is that look Elizabeth Warren has made a career on less <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I, it's just, um, I don't know. I guess it's just like the way people think things work, like they're well, little blocks. Yeah, it's also like just really stupid, bad faith shit by right wing idiots who clearly don't. Yeah, of don't course, but I'm saying there's another level where this. a lot of people casually do think these things work this way because they are like. They don't. They're white people mostly who don't have any reason necessarily to have a more in-depth understanding of 
of any of it. Well, so it's, and I I saw that the uh, the the other side of it was which was much more effective at being a propaganda piece was how much right wingers were pissed off that like European uh, news outlets were reporting the uh, the victims or the people that were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse as black. And uh, that was evidence <laughs> by the right wing that misinformation was being sold to these people that had no connection to the case other than it was an American Rather case. Rather than U- Europeans are just the dumbest fucking well, lips on the planet. Yeah, and it's, even dumber it's than our like clearly just a mistranslation by a journalist who was like, this was a Black Lives Matter protest who right. thought everyone at the protest was black because that's their cultural understanding of America. Yeah. And then they reported the all well, the people. No, they're like, oh, well, not these again. So of course, <laughs> it was just like you know, I don't know why it's French now. <laughs> because they're the most racist. <laughs> oh, you know, it's one of these. Of course, he killed some black people and, because that's what they do. You know, they go around with the gun, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, so, I'm not going to look any further. And so then, like Glenn Greenwald is like, look at all these people who are reporting all this false information to fit into their liberal boxes about the reality of the racial situation. Like, and this is where I'm like, this is such a weird, in my whole life, I never thought I'd have uh, the jokerfication where, like, at this point in my adult life, I'm like, I would like to just fucking, like, just a real front snap kick to a face to these people. Like, I just don't sit, like, I just... Well, it's... it's, (laughs) I'm just like, you guys should be beat up and bullied. (laughs) Well, it's them, it's the Young Turks, it's the... Anyone who looks at things on this linear plane, this non-ideological thing of legality of a a murder, and then... Oh, technically, he did everything right to get away with this murder. I mean... (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like that is that is the argument, but they like dress it up, you know. And I'm like, great. Like I too love uh, love the idea that someone could cleverly get away with a murder. Uh, I mean, this is also what I I don't think I said it on the podcast before, but I know I said it to you guys about just um. Like the, oh, Kyle crying shit, like, and that, like, became a meme. I just, I just, I didn't participate in any of it, just because I'm like, he's gonna get off, and frankly... It worked. Yeah, crying to get, to dodge a double murder charge is uh, not cringe at all. It's an extremely, extremely good thing to do. If you ever have a chance to cry in order to get out of a double murder charge, cry. Absolutely. It's better than getting uh, convicted of uh, double homicide. <laughs> Marlo. You're out of context. On the side of Kyle Rittenhouse. No, on the, con- uh, on the, uh, on the side of crying to... Like, no, yeah, absolutely. Of- Look, absolutely. Like I brought up in, in episodes past, my, my terrible Greek friend's mom, lie till you die. Never admit you did that shit. <laughs> if they caught you, fucking cry. Boo-hoo. Do it. Except if you're a woman, because it won't matter. Go out. Well, well, I mean, well, I'm well, almost... You go, can I'm- be a woman. Who self-defended against her abuser? Go. You're in jail, bitch, or you're dead. They already killed you. Uh, um, I'm on the side of he fucking won, and that sucks. And uh, 
Well, the, yeah, he, I mean, he won the... Acknowledge he, that that fucking sucks that oh, he won. Well, what did he Look, win? He, he won. actually obligated as, he, a, as a law person. He won, he won <laughs> the game theft auto kill that he got, which was essentially like, I know all the rules of when I can legally kill somebody. I go into a situation when mm-hmm. I get the chance to legally kill somebody. That's I kill somebody did. and then I legally get away with it. So yep. that's the game theft auto, the world that he was living in. And, you know. Yeah. No, and it fucking sucks. And um, this is a terrible system and you shouldn't expect anything. Not available to all avatars. I will say that I uh, very much the night of I, I went to the rally and uh, we marched over the Brooklyn Bridge and um, there weren't any issues from the police. Uh, it was about a hundred people and I will say that I did legitimately uh, have hope from that march just from the speeches from the organizers um, and the people who were there. It was very much a movement building march uh, that recognized the inherent hopelessness of trying to affect change from within. They absolutely used socialism and anti-capitalism in their speeches by name. Uh, One speaker even denigrated the idea of uh, relying on uh, black businesses and that mentality. Mm. Um, There, you know, was not a liberal in sight. There was a hundred people there, uh, most of them non-white, but... uh, Come and, come and see the uh, the violence inherent to the system. They were less afraid to say anti-capitalism, socialism, communism that night than any of the, the Black Lives Matter. Well, no, then then Occupy Wall Street. Mm. Then Occupy. Then the ostensibly vaguely anti-capitalist, but uh, don't say that. Like, oh, this is about economic inequality. Movement 1% from, from the, years the, back. The David Graeber. Yeah, this fucking namby pamby thing from years back that ostensibly was organized on the locus of uh, income inequality as such it was, was far more afraid to concretely say anything either negative about the status quo or positive about alternatives than this so-called id poll march um, that occurred over what is on the surface an injustice of race that liberals are often happy to claim doesn't have any deeper meaning than that um, and that many on in the left space want to sweep away as saying, oh, that's not actually uh, about socialism. I I will say that uh, anti-capitalism occurs where the contradictions occur, and you can't manufacture a, oh, we're going to have our anti-capitalism march today. What you can do is say... This is a fucked up system and it's going to create unrest. And And the clear contradiction that I keep going back to that you can't get away from is that his justification for all of this was going to protect 
private property with yeah, a gun. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. To go defend the storefront of yeah, Dunkin' when, Donuts or uh, the yeah. gas station. When they kill black people, they use the language of private property. Yeah. I, I mean, that is what happened. And, and and that's how you know it's a liberal defense. Yeah, is liberals when, or the, you know, fucking so-called, like, class reductionist left or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves today. You know, where it's just like they, they bifurcate the issues in the exact same ways. Yeah. It is, dare I say, undialectical. It is extremely undialectical. And the the thing is, it's like private property is the contradiction that was in this. He went in and literally his entire defense was, I went in as a medic and I only had a gun because I was defending private property. And it, it is strange that in a capitalist system, a, you know, killing over a supposed property crime that also was motivated by race leads to a you know movement that is on the surface about race but then spills back into this private property violent outbreak that is spoken about in the language of private property as well you know people like to do opposite day arguments so it's not as if there if there was a black person claiming to be defending private property that they would necessarily uh, absolutely and none of what I was to say was to say Oh no that- no absolutely I wasn't I wasn't trying to infer that it's just like interesting to me I, I guess what I keep coming back they to They work together. Yeah is that there's this pretense of a perfect logic and like when people do this sort of um Oh, like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not being conservative. I'm just seeing the facts of the case. I watched I watched it happen, and it seemed like somebody aimed a gun at him, and he fired. He had a right to have a gun. And it's just like, okay. But then you want to go, oh, this makes me mad. Then, like, do I have a right to have a gun? Like, no, bitch, you don't. Like, it's just not. You know, I brought it up a little while ago. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's dogs. They don't, I'm getting riled up. They are also riled You're up. You're making them hot. I brought it up before, but, um, you know, self-defense, hilariously, not really an accessible defense for women who um, attack or kill their abusers. Wasn't there just a case um, in Kenosha? Famously so. And, I mean, and as somebody who dealt with a domestic violence experience, it's like, I, I joke, because <laughs> uh, I get the gallows humor, y'all. Um, I joke that, like, what? I was going to call the police, you know? And then what? Take my chance that then I'm going to jail on some sort of whoopsie-daisy. Actually, bitch, you did something wrong. <laughs> and now, technically, you're the aggressor. Or then, or the police kill uh, him and and I'm like, if anybody gets to, it's me, you know? <laughs> um, it's a joke. Uh, but the feeling of, like, I can't, calling the cops, you thought that was, like, a thing that I thought could help me in any well, context, especially... Well, you and I were talking about this the other day in that there is this mythos that I think uh, some people on the left are using as if it was the other way around and the left protesters shot the right-wing guy, he would get away with the same self-defense defense because he had a gun and he was justified in the shooting if he shot Kyle Rittenhouse before Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. And I want to point out that... The fix is in, bitches. It's that, not true. That I wouldn't... Would- that wouldn't <laughs> Probably would not happen I because would say that of the relationship to private property would be 
the deciding factor of yeah, would would a leftist in full army man gear be chuckling it up with the cops beforehand? You know, I, I mean, you have that. Well, and that is again back to the private property thing, inherent because, relationship. Because the way in which we view sovereignty, and I think this we were talking about this, is a very gendered thing, and the. Way in which protesters are viewed as more natural, they're more primitive, they're more. Um, we're getting into some Derrida Foucault yes, shit. Yeah, like some Derrida some bo- sovereignty. Okay. Um, and do I detect a hint of Butler here? Mostly Derrida. Okay. And that in that they are viewed as beasts and animals that are farther from God because they are destroying private property in this very. Um, mob-like fashion they're always pitted like one's a child molest one of the people that was killed was a child molester he was just on video destroying private property he's not an innocent victim is how they would frame it the other way if he was the one that was shot and the gendered part about it is that this beastliness is very gendered feminine because the distance between themselves and godliness is farther this sovereign being who's there protecting private property because private property makes you a landowner, which means that you have more power in society. I think the true bummer of all this is all of these elements, of course, I'm not disagreeing that they exist, but it's not as if there is a concerted sort of decision-based effort that looks at what the rules are and, and whatever, and it doesn't matter. Like, when you're dealing with some sort of fundamental unfairness, there's... Um, There's also questions as to whether that video would exist for a left wing. Like this whole like, let's just take history and pick one and put another in. No, the opposite day argument. I I feel like Kyle was well well, within his rights. And if it was somebody else who disagreed with me, I would think the same thing. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you want to. No, but the relationship. Do imagination. The the relationship to the property would be different. I'm saying like, I get it. But like, ultimately, that doesn't explain the other inequities that exist in the same area. It's just what things boil down to. But like, even short of a material property that someone can point to and pretend like they're protecting, he still would have the support of the system. That also protects the property. The property doesn't have to exist. It doesn't actually have to be a thing. It's an excuse. And this is the frustrating circle of talking about this in the left and when we're also talking about the various like identity politics that are also a factor here because people are not actually beholden to some rules where they're like, oh, you got me. They're going to rationalize whatever it is in the moment. And <laughs> I just want to discourage any leftists out there who thinks that they can do an opposite daisies too. It's not going to yeah, work. <laughs> it's just, you're not going to get to that point in the first place. And also even getting beyond the, you know, if we want to go super true and on on this, and just uh, Jakarta methoded out uh, the whole notion of the government setting up situations where armed right-wing paramilitaries will 
do their dirty work against popular uprising and resistant and dissident movements. Is, you know. Yeah, and it's worth talking. I mean, also, uh, what, that one proud boy got killed in Oregon or whatever, and the police basically sent, like, a squad to yeah. hunt down the person. They murked, they murked him. So it's like, you know, like... The, the other thing is, regardless of whether this whatever hypothetical, because at the end of the day, like, yeah, I mean, probably a different white person could also access the self-defense uh, um, claim in certain situations. Yeah, but, uh, but, okay, a different white person, but not a white person who was there... Des- destroying property. Def- destroying property or... They would always... Overly defending black would all, lives. They would be... You, white people become worthless to fucking white supremacists as soon as you, like... It, that whole fantasy that, oh, I'm going to stand up with my fucking whiteness and whatever. Uh, uh, maybe it's because I'm a woman, but... and They would be called a terrorist. They will absolutely just fucking... Probably. You're, you're disposable as well. Probably, immediately. However, Your whiteness is not that valuable. Yes. Okay, There's too fine, many of but us. But in the abstract, could someone with lawyers and this, that, and the other thing access a self-defense claim in a given situation. I don't fucking know. I did not watching See, the video. Uh, my point is it doesn't really matter See, whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse gets off that has zero effect on that one, one side or the other. See, I think that it they could have done a defense with like the Chauvin trial because I think that's a defense that works within the kind of paradigm of the legal system where the Chauvin defense was the police are good, the sovereignty of the police are is valid and they it deserves to be uphold. This is just a bad apple. And if they had kind of used that argument and said, uh, no, you should bring a gun to the protest uh, if you're defending private property, this just got too out of hand. Would have been. Yeah, I mean, I would also say that you know. But that's not the project that's being unfurled right now. The project yeah. that's being unfurled is that protesters in Antifa are so dangerous, not just to private property, but that's how we'll talk about it. They're so dangerous that you absolutely should be strapped and you absolutely should be on the lookout for one of these animals and monsters yeah. to right. come at you. I like was, I was I was scrolling through some like headlines about Antifa because I wrote an article about this and they do over and over called them the Antifa animal or the beast of Antifa, the like uh, the mad mob of Antifa. Like, I mean, I, they're I'm, all they're all autonomous. I don't know how checked you are with with people who are not here and etc. <laughs> like where, you know, I've uh, I'm fairly I do talk to you know, farther right people most of the time. I mean, I, I, I'm... Which is hard I to also, do. again, uh, as always, want to emphasize that uh, people don't actually exist on a right-left paradigm. And, well, no, uh, I, I mean, you I, know. I, I, I'm not so saying I, that. I'm saying, though, that way, I've seen people that you would say are liberal or, or conservative or et cetera, but I've seen people who fit both of those categories casually because they're not invested just be like, oh, like, yeah, Antifa, those are the bad guys because uh, false binary, very enticing uh, logical fallacy for us all. So, like, if you're not invested or don't care to investigate any further than the superficial, you've been introduced a, a binary where there are bad people on this side and bad people on that side. And, yeah, both sides are where you might also think 
oh, well, obviously this side, it's way worse, but you still have those people who are like, well, there are some extremists on this side. And there's a lot of that. And I feel like I'm crazy because I'm like, there's not that. This is, a, you know what I mean? The idea that there are the equivalent Antifa destroyers in this way that is like harming people. It's very frustrating, but it doesn't matter if it's true or not. The perception... Well, it was the same way with with Occupy. To go back to that example, there was such an alienation because I was the only one that I worked a few blocks away from it. I was the only one that had gone down and kind of investigated and saw it. And all the people I talked to that I'd worked with who were all pretty working class people that you would think would... They weren't like finance bros that were immediately like, oh, I have tons of stock in the stock market. But they were like, well... They don't believe in anything and they're just mucking up the system and complaining about things that irrationally. Just in in a sort of defense, like I do feel like 2009 was a wildly different time for the status quo. Yeah, I I was just saying that earlier. I agree, but but I'm using that as, I, I agree that their objectives were very muddied and contradictory, but I'm saying the language around calling them animals calling them less than people, calling them the beasts that were oh, just that same dynamic. Up. That same dynamic is absolutely there. I'm going to give an example from that time, right? So Occupy's happening. I am living still with the first group of people I lived with in New York, people I knew from college. There are some not great things about it. And these are people who are all liberals, right? Like, like as if I would live with Republicans. Uh, it's possible. <laughs> et cetera. It's, it's not actually, I, like, my, no. Like, <laughs> my family is, like, weird. Like, there's, like, I've been um I wouldn't friendly. have assumed it, is what I'm if saying. If somebody who's, you know. Uh, uh, so I'm saying, at the time especially, I wouldn't, if anybody was like, I'm a Republican, I'd be like, eh. But, so all the people I'm living with, liberals, very libs, ladies, you know, girl bosses of us, <laughs> before that was a thing. Uh, and I remember Occupy's happening, and it's kind of like, okay, like, uh. I remember there was one day where one of my roommates was working at a preschool that was not far from Wall Street, and she came home like, Oh my God, they blocked the street and we couldn't get to work and the kids couldn't get to school today. And she was, she was like, you know what? Like, it's fine and all you want to protest, but you're like ruining these kids day. And I looked at her like, are you kidding me right now? Like, these are literal children who've just like graduated daycare. Missing a couple days is nothing. I would have been more sympathetic if she was like, now I'm not going to get paid or something like this. I'm an actual material thing that happened. But it was the perception that it had ruined children's days that she was so riled up about. And I just was like, oh, I remember feeling like, oh no, this is how people become fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is how, like, uh, at this time, I remember I had this fear because there were like people's older sisters and cousins I knew who, uh, a lot of women I knew who had seemed sort of progressive and then like got married to some dude and suddenly were like fucking weird. (laughs) Like politically, like, and uh, so I was already like, whatever. But this was a whole other thing where I was like, oh, God, no. This is exactly what you find. 
mind when you are online and you come across a chud is that like they always mine this this territory. Well, if you say something sassy to them, oh, like what's your expertise? Uh, it's because my dead father was <laughs> blah blah blah. Now now you've suddenly been drawn into a thing where you have besmirched their dead father who was an honorable man, and like they love that whole like they love souping themselves up on. Uh, and like children are the projection of a lot of American politics because it is. Because I mean, that's why Hannah Arendt was against school desegregation. Yeah, I mean it's true, and she's the most liberal of the liberals. Hannah Arendt invented being a super lib. Yeah, <laughs> she also dated Heidegger. Yeah, or just well, fucked yeah, Heidegger. No. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's well, how it, that's how those girlies go. They're like, yes, I can fuck a fucking Nazi, uh, but uh, a, a, the <laughs> fattest, so. most disgusting looking Nazi. Um, by the time she was fucking him, yeah, <laughs> just the, the the most bloated, boil covered, pockmarked. Pencil mustache. Like be putting up with a lot. <laughs> Nazi in the world. And she's like, what about on totalitarianism? And she's like, uh, a French Jew just being like, yeah, this is the same as communism. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but Some people want their enemy to fuck them. So well, it's this, like. Well, this gets into what I, I wanted I to talk I wanted to talk about the 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 amount of right wing fantasy that has been going on that this kind of I- oh, embodies. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. That uh, like. Well, I mean, does it? I mean, honestly, they people hundreds, thousands of people all over this country are beating their dicks right now to the idea that they could do something similar. Exactly. Like it, it they put themselves. I, it does not make me want the, to go to a protest. They Mark Wahlberg <laughs> themselves on a 9-11 airplane. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, if yep. I if I were in they, that they situation. They Mark Wahlberg <laughs> themselves in a lot of ways, okay? <laughs> they race crime, they would have stopped 9-11. <laughs> If they could do it at the same time, it's yeah, a twofer. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the ideal. Oh, I'm, I'm punching a Korean woman <laughs> on my way to the... On my way... No, Yo. me punching the Korean woman has a butterfly effect <laughs> of stopping 9-11. <laughs> All right, man. All right, bro. What if you could stop 9-11, but you just had to but beat up can't... like five Koreans? <laughs> What about that? Okay, Donnie was oh, talking. This, Donnie was this talking is, about this these like. This is a like, fucking trolley problem right here. This is a yeah. trolley problem yeah, right this here. A, there's a fucking trolley problem. Uh, okay, so I, there, so I okay. throw fucking Ling Ling under the bus, and that would stop 9/11. Oh, oh we didn't even say how to be a girl. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. it's a woman, of course. I love lesser. Lesser. <laughs> Because you can punch softer, yeah. so you do less damage. Well, you can get, you yeah, can get you more do of damage, them. but you know, because if it's another dude, you got to well, go hard. Well, if there's especially because they know karate. If there's a. <laughs> <laughs> They're so tiny you could throw more of them. <laughs> I think we've all in, gone through the jokes that Mark Wahlberg would make about this. Oh man, guys. Um, 
<laughs> this is in your uh, the pilot of the, the Look, I show just that thank you're going to do. Jesus, the church, Mother Mary, for this opportunity to beat up a Chinese woman in order yeah, to stop 9-11. This time for good. This time I will not regret it as I punch her so hard the eye comes out of the socket because so it will stop uh, 9-11. This is to save Seth MacFarlane from 9-11 in an alternate universe. All I'm saying is Omar Shahif would have Because if Seth MacFarlane had died on 9-11, I would have never been in Ted and uh, something else. And I I wouldn't have redeemed myself to the degree I have, so... I'm saying... Because you know what? Oh, my brother did. He's married Jenny McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mark... Didn't help. Wahlburgers helped. People loved it. I mean, look, you got any kind of accented, white, lightly ethnic matriarch. (laughs) We love it in America. Like the queen who's dead. Oh, yeah. Ding dong, baby. (laughs) The queen has entered a new phase. The queen is dead. The queen has entered a new phase and we... Shan't see her till perhaps February, but Chucky there is a Wah, baby. There is a baptism today, or there was. So well, we'll see if she was seen. There was a stage photo they tried to put out on Saturday <laughs> to say, "Oh, here's a new photo since she sprained her back." Like blah blah blah, and it was like a completely weird stage photo. Um, and oh, man, I just love how eager we are for the death of Queen Elizabeth. The second. Oh God, I am so looking um, I just. Uh... All I'm saying is that the tabloids uh, in the Rite Aids that I work at are going b- bonkers right now with stories. They're, they've got so much material to work with. What? The, the, what is, what's your favorite one? What? What's your favorite one that you've seen? Oh, it's like rumors are swirling that the queen has been dead for months now. Rumors are swirling the that the queen has been dead for months now. And aliens have come down. And, and aliens <laughs> have come down. I don't even know if that's how they would say it. And aliens, I just like aliens have come down. Oh no, you can tell I'm from another Commonwealth planet. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's it's how they talked Australia, in... It's not Australia, it's not South Africa. <laughs> yeah, that's how they talked in meteor. the Princess Switch. Right? Yeah, it's okay, South the Princess Australia. Switch bringing up... It's South Australia. So yes, uh, I introduced Marlo to the lovely series, The Princess Switch. I love Switch, it so much. I am going to get into the lore. Um, Vanessa Hutchins... <laughs> Um, so the first one, she, I want to put it out there. Marlo only watched the third one, the new and one. I love it. It was, um, I, I, and I love it as well. The first one is a basic recasting of the Prince and the Pauper, a commoner and a royal person who look alike, all that switch places is the basic thing, but it's Vanessa Hutchins. She's a baker from Chicago. And uh, there are two made-up kingdoms in this universe. North um, White Zamunda and South White Zamunda. Yes, they are White Zamundas, as Marlo, as he was watching the third one, is how he classified them. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that was good. Is that a reference? That's the reference to the... Uh, coming, coming to, to America, America. Coming to America. Is the co- Zamunda is the country. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, a made-up country. And we watched Coming to America... Did, did we? I I I, wa- I started. I thought maybe you and I did 
Oh, funny. I watched. Yeah, it. I watched the I, sequel. I, yeah, I started which, it with my parents, and about fifteen minutes in, like we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Bail!" And we're like, yeah, "Well, bail. well." The thing was is that I remember about it was it had a similar vibe as the uh, the princess movie. What was it? <coughs> Not Cinderella. The, uh, the oh, movie the, we watched. The stupid Cinderella thing we watched. Cinderella. Was it called that? Wait. Did we want where, where yeah. Yeah. she's like the girl, girl boss? Yeah, uh, she's making dresses and shit. Yeah, that was a Cinderella. It was a new Cinderella. Oh, then, it was just and, called and Cinderella. And then I didn't. And then the whole thing was I didn't know the musical part was they were using pop songs. Yeah, and right. then well, it was yeah. Okay, it okay. was just Cinderella. So the thing I, re- okay. the thing I remember Cinderella. about coming to America was that it. They didn't make the girl yeah, do, similar be, preposterous country. Well, vibes. they they also like they didn't um, make the girl act like a dog like they did in the original, and they made they were like we're not gonna make you act like a dog. You should get make your own business. They had like the the entrepreneurial spirit in that movie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is the progress. Um, that's how we show that we're better as a, a culture. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is that we make everybody entrepreneurs that we once subjugated? You know, what, I'm I, what, I say, what I love about what I love about absent the, from Princess Witch, I did not see a hint of entrepreneurialism. There, Just good old fashioned yeah. spy kids fun. There's a lot of spy kids fun. I feel like in the earlier ones, there's a little bit because the American girl is a baker, right. so it's like she's but she's so good. Like it's not. It's about how she's really good and like should get more attention for how good she is, and not necessarily like how how do you be like a more snip snappy business. Um, also, they fall in love and etc. There's a lot of love stories. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. But it Thumb is. Uh, but I do want to shout out Vanessa Hutchins for not just playing three different characters with three different oh, accents, yeah. so but they, also they playing keep, those characters. They keep adding Vanessa the Hutchins. Ones. Yeah. No. My yeah. my he, goal. You guys unfamiliar with Vanessa Hutchins? I'm very familiar. Too familiar. My, my saw goal her is like a post credit scene in Bunny one of saw the... her pussy. Now she has a direct connection to her brain. That's right. I will always be your fan, Vanessa Hutchins, because I happened upon your nudes, and then I was like, oh, sweetie pie. They're very explicit. Uh, <laughs> so I, whatever you do. Well, that's what happens I'll when watch. you. I'll watch. I'll give it a stream, well, okay? when you see somebody. I'll put point zero 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 one cent in your pocket. Well, when, however it works. Well, when you, when you see somebody's pussy, then you uh, have a direct that psychic link. That is the spell link. I put yeah. on myself. I yeah. said, look I, can't, look, I can't be trusted to just avoid nudes. Because some people, if you tell me I'm, I'm pretending like I didn't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did. Yeah, you did. Not to masturbate to. I want to make that clear. Just because I gotta know. <laughs> I just, I gotta know. It's available. It's terrible. I know it's awful and voyeuristic. And um, we're leaning into that at Pinko Kami Sluts. We're leaning into the you know, and it's horrible because I also it makes me. Uh, the way I bespoke my own nudes is I think about well, if this leaked. Would you I know, be proud I'd be like, of it? Oh no, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, be... it. that's the that's that's what you think. And on your Patreon, uh, for you people, uh, uh, Bunny is gonna get. I'm gonna make NFTs. Yeah, of NFTs. Paintings I made of my nerds. Yeah. I did make these. They actually exist. Just because I was like, well, if I'm gonna practice on 
nude bodies might as well do my own. But then I thought it'd be funny. Anyway. Um, this is giving the people what they want. Yeah, I think I'm just going to put the... I think I'm just going to make NFTs of the nudes, but then I'm going to take those little, like, ape things monkey. that are yeah, NFTs the monkey, the monkey and put thing. them over the nips, and then I'm going to sell them. Monkey <laughs> censored. Monkey censored. Yeah. I almost want to make them and, like, write scam on them and sell them then because I feel like it would be funny because mm. also there's, like, one... I want to say 18% of me that would love to be like a Marina Abramovich oh, type Oh, I love bitch. Marina so, Mara- Abramovich. I would love to be like so this entire thing a performance piece. My favorite thing she did was just I saw a video of her just splattering I want to break up Leland, blood. I love you. We've planned to break up on the on a we haven't figured out what's better than the Great Wall of China, mm. but we're going to figure it out. Uh, we're going to get back together after, but <laughs> we all, we just, because she did that. She, uh, her and her lover went to the top of the Great Wall of China mm. and officially broke up and then walked apart from each other going oh. in either direction. Well, that very... reminds me of the opening scene of Cell. <laughs> <laughs> we did watch Cell, 2000 Cell, starring Jennifer Lopez, who is like the Marina Abramovich. Yeah, Marina Abramovich of, uh, of pop music. Pop music. <laughs> I'm going to just uh, be honest. It's uh, not. That's I Lady Gaga now, for sure. How dare me? I'm pretty sure I don't know who <gasps> Marina Abramovich is. What? Yeah. The artist is present? Yeah, I have no idea. What how that do you, how do I know one more pretentious thing than Marlo yeah, does? This is, how I don't is this know, possible? She she like, she does the performance art in feminism, like that's her okay. thing. It, it, like, what's uh, the one that I know was the video of her splattering like the word "fuck the patriarchy" and blood. So is on she the like the character from Big Lebowski? Basically, no. She, no. Okay, no, I don't. The, I, the, the, look, one. I actually respect Marina Abramovich. I'm not trying to fucking uh, uh, drag her. Um, I'm just saying, like, she's the, like... Modern performance artist right. that that you would go to aspire to or the, whatever. The one famous um, one was that she lay nude in an art gallery. Oh, okay. I've and then yeah, okay. with a gun next to her, and somebody put it up against her head and loaded it, and somebody took a picture, and that was her, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've and, heard of that. And one. they like she okay. allowed she was like the passive right. art piece that. And she uh. previous to that exhibit, she did a piece with another artist who was her lover and they did a piece where they went to the Great Wall of China and at a designated spot they met and stared at each other for a moment and then walked in opposite directions and that was the art piece of their dissolution of that relationship and like sorry I love that art people of this nature exist at all and it's uh, a very like 80s and 70s 80s and 90s uh, kind of postmodern. How do I use the and body? And Jay Z did his whole art. His Picasso baby thing was uh, made with Marina Abramovich. Okay. Yeah, she's uh. big name. Like, yeah, no, I'm sure Lady she Gaga is. Spent, I don't like, know. Cody was super into uh, Marina Abramovich. Well, That's fair. how I know about. Fair like, enough. I dated. So, okay, uh, an so art. yeah. So the reason I have been thinking about her a lot lately because I've been thinking about the next sort of artist in this area who might be doing dumb 
online things more. Because Marina's, she's pretty old at this point. She's a grown lady. She did, when we watched Sex in the City, when they, when she was with the artist and they went to that performance arts place that was making fun of Marina okay. Abramovich. Or, well, mm. that was sort of a reference to her. Of course, I had to get Marlo really geared up for the, uh, it comes out. In December, Marlo. Oh, sweet. The next Sex in the City chapter, which oh, Marlo awesome. is totally ready for. Yeah, Unfortunately, absolutely. there is no Samantha, but um, but there is uh, there is our next president, Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> I'm not a member of the. I just like thinking it's a cross between Richard and Cynthia. Yeah, I also. Uh, associate Nixon with Nixon. I associate Nixon with Quakers. But the cell, Marlo had never seen it, but you had seen it. I'd seen it, but when I was when a uh, wee babe. when I was a wee babe when it came out, so it, 16, 17. But I love Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. and um, which can be demonstrated by the fact that at some point when I was super high and or maybe a little tipsy, I was on Twitter and I liked a thing for her next movie, which put me on a list that was like, don't worry, girl, you're going to get all the updates coming up until February 14th when this movie comes out. And I was like, Valentine's oh, no, this is Day. so embarrassing. Oh. But also, of course, yes, I always watch a Jennifer Lopez movie. Um, um, and I'm excited for this one. She, she, It's Owen Wilson's, her love interest. I yeah. I love the cell. It is good for him. It is wow, wow, wow. Now Wes not Ant- Owen Wilson, but Wes- Vince Vaughn is Vince, in the cell. Vince Vaughn, the two Vinces, Vince Vince Vaughn and Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Amazing casting. Vincent D'Onofrio plays the best demonic uh, creature. He's I love so how, off the wall. I love that he's a serial killer, but I do not care about. It doesn't feel like, oh, why is he doing it? Oh, they're absolutely like, not. It was kind of stupid. Yeah, they're like, oh, like we're I, not going to play these games at all. We're just going to show you some fucking wild shit. Yeah, no, the movie. It, it was like a crime and uh, criminal intent episode, the which movie he was also in. is very much an excuse to show set pieces that were pretty nice looking. Yeah. Yeah. All things considered. Like Like a music video after music video. Yeah, it was a series of, I mean, horror-themed music videos, to be sure, but... Um, yeah, Black like, holes. <laughs> Black holes. Callback. Yeah. Uh, we but got like that. To, uh, to the credit of you know, the reviews, a lot of the reviews are, oh, it's all style, no substance. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But also, so are other you know things. You know what? I love going good. to the movie and being like, so much substance. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. I, I mean, it's like you can have that I in a movie. I felt like a novel was being read to me. Well, I mean, you can but you can that, also that's have a good the movie novel being read can... to you and have it all be style. Look at Wes Anderson last movie. Yeah, and I mean, I you can debate about how much substance versus style, and you could go through that. But I, I think it's fairly inarguable that 
yeah, there wasn't much there there to the movie outside of the visual set pieces, but also those were good and there was care taken and you can appreciate that in a movie. Well, and the premise is interesting. Awesome. The premise is serviceable. Yeah, so, so the, awesome. okay, so for, for those unfamiliar, the 20 premise... 20-year-old movie we're explaining Is here. a 20-year-old movie. Uh, so what we're... The premise is that there is one, Jennifer Lopez is a therapist. therapist? Uh, well, okay, and I just have to say, it's an Inception premise, yep. and it's more realistic that if Inception existed, why the fuck would corporate spying be the way you go, rather than, oh, this sounds like a therapeutic tool. We should try using exactly. it Exactly, it was more realistic <laughs> like, than Yeah, that makes way more sense. Inception. Yeah, so um, Jennifer Lopez works at this company that has developed this technology that allows you to visit another person's brain, their psyche, their subconscious. Their subconscious. It has only seemingly been used on coma patients. On coma patients. It's not really clear in the movie if that's like all can be used for. It seems to be implied not, but you know, like whatever. It didn't really get into all that. Maybe. And then there's also a serial killer. And then this guy, Vincent. D'Onofrio. But not, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, who's very kinky. Um, that's the other part. So there's a lot of uh, just uh, yeah, straight up like Hellraiser shit. Giuliano was the, going off about the, the BDSM. Of, oh no, it's just a ton of BDSM shit. Like, yeah, um, it's it's serviceable though to the uh, horror in elements. In a time before kink.com. Yeah, it was it was serviceable. Um, it was also in this era, and this was like always go back to is that 99 13th floor came out which is another inception movie but like a multiverse inception movie where vincent d'onofrio went into the multiverse to change the person's life because they were living in this simulated universe which is awesome and then obviously at the end of the movie they find out that their universe is also a simulated universe like that episode uh, of rick and morty yeah, a simulation of a simulation. It's just fucking fake Within turtle all the way simulation. down, y'all. And so that was 99. On some elephants or the other way around. That, was, that was 99 and then 2000, this movie comes out where the, where the Inception universe is like, you get a drop of their blood and you go into the cell and that lets you access to their... That was the Is that how it worked? That was the implied thing with the blood. Like, they stuck the needle in. Well, yeah, I, I think it was, like, some sort of... I don't know. And it, it, like, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. It sent you into that, like, spiral, uh, like, vortex that you end, go into their you subconscious. Know, I will say, it didn't... I guess the, the chamber he locked the women in, but it really didn't, like push why that movie was called The Cell too hard. No, it didn't. <laughs> it really didn't uh, really address that so much. The, like, only I, thing I I can, the, the only thing I could get out of it was that the way you access the... Well, also the women were locked in what one could call a cell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, which in my research, I found out the woman 
uh, trapped in the cell, that actress lied about being able to swim, which upset the director very much. For years later. For years and years later, he's giving yeah, an well, interview. Apparently and he she brings couldn't... it up three times. Well, I mean, apparently, if you can't hold your breath underwater she without hold, yeah, she held holding her nose. your nose, like, <laughs> like you're a fucking four-year-old. <laughs> like, like you're doing the swim I, I don't dance. know. I, I think I would be kind of annoyed as well. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it wasn't like they were saying, like, oh, can you do laps? And this is 1999 when they're making this movie. This is not the time when they are thinking about the well-being of the actress in a stunt situation at all. So, um... And I want to point out, right after this, The Matrix came out in 2001... And this well, could have... Matrix was 99. Matrix was 90... Okay, so, uh, yeah, so it's in the same two-year yeah, period. Yeah, no, I mean... I, I just wanted to make the connection that these three movies kind of were all blockbusters. They were sort of all uh, did, successful. The Cell... Was that... Oh, uh, it, it did was make a it, success Yeah, it did. It was a super low-budget movie, but it did double it, its... Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, Fair and it's one of the movies that's considered like an unusual movie that Jennifer Lopez did. But she, in the, it's funny because it came out in a way that made that look like that. But actually, she made it almost right after Anaconda, and then did not want to take any other sort of horror adjacent films after that for fear of becoming like a, the a screen queen cat. sort of person. Yeah. And and so, like. Um, well, there was this thing about the Y2K anxiety that I think around that era, there was a lot of anxiety about reality and the unconscious reality or surreality. Now, I'm a little older than you guys, and I cannot express to you the amount of disappointment I felt at, at the Y2K. New Year's. At New Year's when nothing happened. I was, I, I like thought, I was ready for it. I, was I like, thought maybe something, and then when nothing happened, I was like, oh, yeah, my dad worked Fine. in computers and was not at all concerned. Oh, I mean, not the Mine actual computer thing, but just like the idea that something catastrophic would occur. Yeah, we're all waiting at for the, millennium. the event. I, you know, I, I was like, okay. Like, I would not have expressed it at the time, but I was like, let me see. And then when nothing happened, I was like, oh, Wow. Yeah, you want you wanted a nine eleven. Time on, is a construct. Uh, you wanted a nine eleven on on uh, Y two K. Before I knew what it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted something well, back then meaningful. It was called a combine. Well, and 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 that's what actually Baudrillard talks about when he talks about Y two K is that we have this fantasy of the end of the world, and when it passed, there was this kind of collective relief and disappointment. And then that fantasy kind of came true with 9-11 like a year and a half later. Yeah, but then all we've got is like super macro catastrophes slowly coming at us. And we don't we don't get any um, destruction porn in our real lives like. uh, Yeah, there's like all of that. There's no tidal waves taking out. The Hamptons, like not yet. <laughs> that's five years from now. Oh god. Yeah, no, it's a good movie though. I would recommend it if you're looking. If you're into this surreal reality bending, yeah, it's better than how forgotten it is. So right, I'll say that. I, I Marlo has some qualms with the plot that he hyper focuses on. Well, if you just want to sell it as 
it's a PowerPoint of cool looking shit, then sure, I'm with you. Um, and I won't argue. Let me tell you, it blew my mind when I was like 13. Yeah, well, 100%, it looks great. And not only does it look great, there is care taken, there's a logic to why it looks the way it does, that you can tell it seemed like someone like thought this through. Wish I could say that for how they brought the plot home. And I don't even wish I could say that for how they wrote the dialogue, because I love that stupid fucking shit. Yeah. Um, like I, I like the I like the dumb fucking dialogue. That that shit's fun to me. For the for how well the rest of the movie was structured, for how perfectly good the concept was for what they needed it to be. Like they they had all these working gears. And there was a point where, for me, it fell apart, and that was a disappointment. I I did turn to you at that part, and I went, I went Marlo, you're going to think this is stupid. And then he... Then I came up with a better plot for the movie <laughs> in the middle of it, and I went, but oh, that, so what's really but, happening is this, and you're like, no. But, like, that, but that was... Okay, there is, like, the climax of the movie, the discovery of the woman was pre, like, deciding action was... He, Vince Vaughn, the police FBI officer, went in the unconscious of Vincent D'Onofrio and sees a symbol that he, in his memory, uh, remembered from the basement of Vincent D'Onofrio. And he's like, oh, that's significant because that signifier yeah, is something the- that I've... Oh, we should have done check the basement more yeah. better. We, we should have. Oh, yeah. That quarter, oh, yeah. These quarter cool. million dollar piece of industrial equipment there. Uh, uh, okay. You see a fucking albino dog's hair and your first instinct is, oh, not that many people have albino dogs. Let's go to every fucking dog seller in the entire fucking state and see every person who ever bought a fucking albino dog. You see a quarter million dollar piece of industrial equipment and you don't think to contact the manufacturer that's, that's a much more boring movie though <laughs> i want to point out that it's the, the dog the dog's the, the key i i agree it's stupid but the, the i will push back but, and say the idea of you doing detective work in the unconscious of somebody I'm not is arguing really the movie shouldn't have unethical. had a side it's unethical but it's very funny and okay and but, and a, but also this didn't actually happen it, and the writer could have come up with a different thing that could have only been discovered in the dream world or better yet that could have been a red herring and when jennifer lopez was like no we have to help this person who's in distress vince vaughn would have then realized oh my god jennifer lopez is right i need to go back and actually help this person and then he goes back and then that solves the mystery and brings the whole fucking thing home that would have been how to do it i agree and and that is Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, the red well, herring is what you're talking about, well, what happened in yes, Silence red, of the Lambs. Red herrings happen in a lot of things, but yes, there was one in Silence of the Lambs. And, one, and, and, and you, like, you see the knock on the door and you think it's Buffalo Bill's house and it ends up not being mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill's yeah, yeah, house, yeah. but they edit it correctly. So what you wanted was a Silence of the Lambs ending for this movie, which is also very Silence or of the Lambs. Or even if not that, at the very least, I don't want to be able to go, well, they didn't need the whole 
cool sci-fi concept that they came up with that's this movie's entire selling point to do the thing that they ostensibly needed the thing to do. You could have come up but with But the a, cool part of it is that he went in the unconscious. He could have looked and, out a and, window and ooh. saw a street sign. He could have looked out a window and saw a fucking But you were thinking sign. about this uh, like way more linearly than is necessary because the cool part is that he noticed the symbol early on. It's one of those callback things. He noticed the symbol early on, and you as the audience see the symbol in the dream world and connect it just like Vince Vaughn was, and he's doing the detective work in there, just as you are doing the detective work throughout where you're seeing... I don't know, just things in the real world that are then manifested as signifiers in the dream world. Suspension of disbelief works when the movie sets up a set of logical rules that then I accept those logical rules, but then they are internally consistent. For me, it doesn't work when there's a point where I go, okay, even by the logic this movie set up, this is wrong and that's the thing that brought me out of it you know it is a case of sort of a loose just you made a mistake in your structure and everything else was really great about it every other part of the structure of that film up till that point everything that brought him there i was totally on board with and i I liked it up to that point i was saying this is seven like this is seven-esque yeah, so that's my one gripe with the movie. It's just like, eh. I'm seeing it as within the logic of the film, not the like the logic of the universe. They have things that they place in the real world that they then replicate in the dream world. And drawing the connection between the real world and the dream world allows for the resolution. I mean, okay, maybe it could have been a symbol that he saw earlier that then, oh, check that again. Fuck, there's a secret drawer behind it. I I don't know. I'm with you that they could have done other things. I, I don't know. Like, again, this is all a choice of, well, yeah, there's a person writing this movie and they made choices and I'm criticizing some of those choices. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a few other ways they could have done it that wouldn't have pissed me off. That just was one that annoyed me because it's like, you kind of set up a mystery movie with this whole concept and then it's like, why didn't you do that before? <laughs> As I think Juliana said, the story was not the finding of the woman. Yeah, it was It to... was the relationship between Vincent D'Onofrio and Jennifer Lopez and Which, yeah. the exploration of reality and unconscious well and then she kills him yeah in their brains in oh let's talk about the ending the madonna scene uh was and then things start growing on the screen i remember as a child thinking am i hallucinating when this is happening am i it was a lot it was it was a lot It, it broke the fourth wall because it was literally on the screen of the movie not even in the movie it kind of crawled on the movie uh, screen. It's just like when they do blood splatters on the lens. Yeah, it, it broke the fourth wall. Well, you, how else would you know that she had successfully reversed the flow? Yeah, um, right. Which is what is happening there That's is instead the of her going into his mind, she has drawn him into hers. Right. Into a contrived setting that she has created now based on what she knows about him. 
She's dressed as the Madonna. She's, yeah, she's basically the Virgin Mary, but she... He needs to be saved, and there's, like, the holy water, and his whole thing is that the first time he had this schizophrenic uh, attack that they made up was when he got baptized at six years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he has a schizophrenia that's also epilepsy when the writer needs it to be epilepsy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a very specific... He has a seizure. And one that, like, shows up very clearly on an MRI. And then, and then, it, or... and then it turns into a stroke sometimes it's a weird it's called Wayland's ingress or whatever the fuck yeah made up for the movie uh but anyway it's a magical kind of schizophrenia that also is epilepsy and also is a virus in your brain that causes you to have a stroke mm-hmm. yeah uh movie yes. magic Movies. movie and it's triggered by water yeah and so in order to kill him bunny she takes him as the virgin mary and puts the child version of him under the holy water i guess yeah. i i i thought it was holy water or like a recreation of his baptism yes but what i think is interesting is that like jennifer lopez knows what she's doing in this situation like uh she can't not like no i'm saying like I like it when uh, when you got to kill a kid. <laughs> <laughs> We've established this on the podcast oh before. Um, yeah, Bunny, uh, kid killer. It just Steven, in the astral plane. Steven, kid nugier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does have like an astral plane. When you die in the dream, you die in real life. Mm-hmm. That Marlo literally said that and then they said yeah, I, it. I said, I said, I think my words. You were like, well, what, what are the stakes of, of what I, I happened? I think my words were, man, I'm almost impressed that they didn't do any stupid if you die in the dream shit. And then <laughs> three seconds later, so if you die in the dream, you die in real life. Yeah, pretty much. Said that guy who I love. God, I love that guy. Yeah, he's Who's that guy? Actor. What's his name again? Uh, Baker, Dylan yeah. Baker, Dylan Baker. Yeah, ah, oh, he's in that movie, and oh, I love the him. cast was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fun cast. Like it's like a yeah, it's a it's yeah, it, it's not a great movie. It could have been a great movie, but oh, it's what it, it is. Could have been a contender. <laughs> Um, well, look, I'm, I'm really glad we watched it because I'm definitely going to make you watch the Jennifer Lopez movie that's coming out in <laughs> Valentine's Day 2022, wherein a Jennifer Lopez-like character is about to marry her superstar boyfriend, but then finds out he's been cheating. So on the live stream, she marries a random person instead, and that's Owen Wilson. As Pete Davidson. Ah, that sounds great. <laughs> I don't know why people are so confused by Pete Davidson. But I don't either. That he's like, reveals yeah. too much about me. Yeah, he, he's he's a he's a funny skinny dude who dates women. He's a fuckable guy. Yeah, I don't like, know. I, I do not understand that confusion. I don't know what what these people are telling themselves is uh, attractive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, Kim Kardashian is just moving along. 
Yep. Yeah. Moving on. She's dating Pete Davidson. Her and Chloe got butt reductions as the goss. That's what Jennifer okay, Lopez I just have to got, say, I right? think this is Jennifer also... Lopez did not, never had her butt done. Jennifer Lopez had a naturally big butt, but in today's world of BBLs, she looks like she has a totally normal butt. Uh, I, I just have to say, I feel like this is me living with bunny rubbing off of me, but I was just thinking today, I don't get why people are confused about why Pete Davidson fucks. <laughs> like, that was literally a thought I had earlier today. I was just like, I don't get why that's confusing to people. Like, he's just out here crushing mad push, and not one of these bitches has a single bad thing to say about him. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, then there was Ariana Grande who made a song about it. In the song, she's like, he's great. It didn't work out and he has a huge dick. That's literally in that fucking song. <laughs> Thank you. Next. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the song. Like, Ariana, who's a itty bitty little person uh, she wanted to marry that guy she married this past year which was a real estate guy or some shit or an agent see whatever um, checks out I do think there is a possibility in 20 years they will rekindle a relationship a la J-Lo and Ben Affleck. Oh, this is uh, this is your fantasy. This is just my predictions, which are increasingly correct, and I hate <laughs> it because they're only about this dumb shit, um, and also probably that we're all going to die. Uh, so, I don't know. Look, Fee Davidson is uh, quite charming. He... Uh, yeah, he's a funny, charismatic he's a funny guy, guy who looks fine. He's fine. <laughs> like, and like, I, I like what, what? Since when do people not understand he's tall? Doesn't matter if his eyes skinny. look weird. But apparently, he's not <laughs> Joe Rogan. So, oh, Joe five, Joe Rogan, who's five, like five, Joe who's Rogan, five seven or five five. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's five seven, which means I'm taller than him because I also say I'm five seven, but I'm really five six and a half. So he's definitely five five and a half. <laughs> my okay, my height thing was really fucked up by my family. Um, oh, your Nordic family? Yes, my Nordic family made you feel like you should be tall. I'm the I'm the short one in the family. Uh huh. My brother's six two. My dad is six two. My grandfather was six five, and all my cousins are like six three and above. Uh huh. And I'm five ten. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Short, shorty. Shorty that over here. Rough. I'm living the short life in my family. <laughs> I mean, it could only be worse if you were uh, Indian, quite frankly. I mean, there's only some people who put such value on tallness well, openly. I Well, I'm probably the only one who watched the Indian matchmaker show, uh, which <laughs> like every single person, they were like somebody very tall. They also wanted fair skinned people. And I was like, yikes, they didn't. And it was out but, for but, us but to then, watch. Like, we should know that they're then, yeah, okay. to the, uh, to by the, we, I mean white people who are yeah, watching the Netflix. Indians, I should know. To the Indians, if you send us your media, please try and edit out the colorism for our sake. I'm just saying, I would thought and they would want to cover it up. <laughs> and you were sick but, as well. Okay, and the, and the interesting thing about the height thing in my family is that they... My aunt and uncle, for whatever reason, adopted five children, and they're all from 
Asian countries. And so they are significantly shorter than the rest of the family. So now it's kind of even out. Mm -hmm. And that's just how my family is now. At least my father's family. The Kulaks in the northern New York, western New York, I guess. I don't know. My mom's short and my dad is taller than her. So I never really thought about it. But he's not a tall man. My my taller than me. My mom is very short and my dad is very tall. My mom's shorter than me. My mom, my dad's taller than him. My, my best friend, however, six one. My brother, six one. And she's a lady, and people always remark that she was hot for being so tall. Oh yeah. Uh, in a specific way. All my aunts are over six feet tall, or like five ten and, and above uh-huh. in that family. Yeah, they're all basketball players. Yeah, no, my my best friend's family—they're all tall. The Germans. No, it's unusual for Greeks. They're the random tall Greeks. Mm. So they go to Greece, and they're just towering over. Well, no, it's like they both come from like taller Greek families, mm. but there's a lot of very short people who are Greek. <laughs> very tiny. There's a lot of tiny Greeks out there. A lot of rotund Greeks. Shout out to Stav. Yeah, there uh, we go. <laughs> uh, who I'm never sure how tall he is because he keeps seeing. He, He's he, as he, tall he, as me. Five seven. Yeah. Five six and a half. Yeah. He yeah. kind of seems to oversell how tall he is on the I, podcast. You know what? I'm like, I feel like if he's taller than me, he's not much taller than me. Mm. But I haven't. No way. He's, <laughs> Check he's if five you see nine. Him over he's five nine at most. We we should go to Funny Moms one week. Yeah. No, th- this is a <laughs> this is a bunny doesn't want to go to look. No, I just um, feel awkward. (laughs) No, I do. Uh, I apologize. Uh, There's several times I've gotten way drunk somewhere uh, adjacent in a comedy space and somebody's a fan of stops and I'm like, let me tell you a fucking story. (laughs) And it's like some random shit from when we grew up and I am older than him and like... (laughs) Like, and he was a child. He's, like we were children. Any story I have, like whatever. Or I mean, what I think is really funny is that every Greek pretends like they have no idea what Comtown is, but they know Stav's making money. <laughs> so they're like, he's doing great. Oh, and, and it's and so, he- it's, oh my God, it's so funny. Because uh, we are cousins by marriage on one side, uh, more or less. And... Uh, Whatever, because now I get to enjoy the really fun thing where it's like, oh yeah, the comedy like stops. It's going really well for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, Guys, great. Can't love talking about it. Cousin, hey cuz. Love talking about it. Uh, Christos. No, that would have been Easter. Yeah. Galagristoyanas, what's coming up, guys? Um, But yeah, uh, it is very funny because even the Greeks, I know, know what Stav's whole deal is. Like, pretend the naked calendars. Do they know that? Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, like there is a thing with Greeks where it's like, well, if it makes money or if it like whatever, (laughs) like, like I might not think it's what I want, blah, blah, you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing where... Isn't um, he also what, buying up property in Greektown? Is that... that I that mean, is? who isn't? <laughs> I, I would absolutely buy property in Greektown uh, should I 
come into some money. Yeah, if I was able to, I fucking love Greek Town. This is a call um, for the Patreon. We need but yeah, I want to buy fund for fund the Greek Town landlord. I, I would love to buy a square of Greek Town. Um, <laughs> I would love to buy my dad's old house. Uh, I would love to buy like that one and like the three down to the end of the block. So and turn uh, it into something. Savage Street and Greek Town. You guys know it. My dad. He used to do a little song. I am Pete the Greek. I come from Savage Street. <laughs> da, 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 da. That is literally a thing my dad used to do. I love so, my dad. Shout out to my dad. Pa- Patreon, uh, fund the Greek Town fund Landlord. Fund the Greek Town Landlord Project. Fund me doing something my dad would love, uh, which is that. Because uh, guess what? We're just going to rent to somebody we know. It's not, it's, it's going to turn into headache. It's not going to. Um, but also, big story for my dad is him not getting his dad to buy property in a certain neighborhood in Baltimore. Mm. And it's become, you know, one of the most expensive downtown neighborhoods. So, um, I feel like uh, my dad's very vulnerable to any investment in (laughs) in this way. Let's make my dad's dream come true. Also, he would love to go on tour. He would love to go on tour. So give Mm. us money so we slash maybe just me go on a comedy tour and bring my dad. (laughs) There you go. That's a a Uh, fund worth paying for. We... My dad will. My dad likes to party, guys. He, he also will likes try argue, your edibles. He likes arguing with the neighbor, also. He he likes arguing. He's a lib. Sometimes he has a random, a random opinion where you're like, "What? Where did this like, come I want, from?" Well, we should um, get him on the podcast. Oh, he would love it. Oh, uh, this is like uh, Phil's father-in-law, who's from Argentina, and he's like kind of a super lib, but then he'll like go off about how act. Actually, moose are all pussies. And, <laughs> um, yeah, my dad hates, my dad does not like vegans. My dad is like, fucking like whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what, what did anyone ever say to you? And also, in and any also context? how you should uh, stoically accept the death of your dead relatives because it doesn't matter to them because they're dead. That's what the Phil's father-in-law yeah. <laughs> said. Yeah, no, he's great. I love him. He, he's the the coolest dude shout out to that guy mm-hmm. yeah. meanwhile my dad is infamously amazing at crying at funerals guys it's my, a it's a greek thing my uh dad was infamously called by my mom in front of the rest of the family uh dead wood because that's his per that was his personality according to her that's the amount of emotion that he shows is uh a dead wood amount he, he's a very he has that very reserved protestantism yeah We'll say five words over five hours. and Your, your family is the uh, normie family from my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Basically. The toast people? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the- That's what it is. You, you brought it up. Okay. I, I, yeah. <laughs> the she toast knows people the movie. is when he's like, oh no, she's going to marry Xeno. They're dry. Dry like toast. They're different people. So dry. That family is like a piece of toast. No honey. No jam. Just to dry. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, people. sure. I remember that. Yeah, Which, so, so, my family, the, so, yeah, the, the, the clots are the uh, toast people. Yeah, uh, that's true. Where we could get them drunk on little tiny well, things okay, of ouzo. Okay, my dad actually has a method where he likes to go on the beach and he makes himself Long Island iced teas and he puts them in uh, Poland Spring water bottles and brings them, brings them on the beach and just gets lit and falls asleep for like two hours. Yeah, that's a okay thing to do. He reuses the bottle. Like, he's very meticulous about <laughs> his bottling, and he has used the same uh, Poland Spring bottles for years now. That rules. That it rules so hard. And when you watch him, when he gets... You can tell when he gets a little lit because his face gets really flushed for the first time in, you know, months. And he just laughs, this deep, chuckling laugh. And you're like, Dad, I didn't know you laughed. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know Dad, you were I, capable of showing Dad, hum- humorous responses. Connect, connect to me on a human level. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I don't feel like my dad's, like, particularly, like, in touch with, like, his emotions. But, like, my dad laughs all the time. Nope. No, oh, my, my dad, dad. My dad thinks he's a funny guy. He is a funny guy, uh, but he's really concerned about whether you think he's a funny guy mm. as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my poor boyfriend! Uh, every time he comes over, my dad's like, "Hey, hey, Leland, I tell you this thing," <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I, I <laughs> just fucking relax." And then Leland's like, "Hey, this is gonna be funny." Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, "But you think it's funny because it's not your dad." <laughs> Well, I, I do remember. I like to mitigate. When Ariel met the Kletz, uh, she went to Chris, she went to Christmas. Meet the Kletz. Meet the Kletz. Meet the Kletz. Uh, it was a dry Christmas because they're kind of Christian fundamentalists up there, and uh, she walks up, up where Woodstock, like Woodstock okay. City, New York. I got gotcha. you. It's about. Four or five hours from here, at least it's up. It's up north. I yes, near Syracuse area, and they have a farm uh, with like a couple hundred cows, and they hosted Christmas. And Ariel walks in, and she's standing on line for the buffet. uh, Because it's a buffet style Christmas, you know. I went to the bathroom, and Ariel was like alone with my dad, and. My dad was like, so, what do you think of this party? Uh, What do you think of the family? And she goes, I'm short. (laughs) And my dad, for the first time interacting with my girlfriend, like, laughed this chuckling laugh. And she's like, I see you. I can can vibe with you, Steve's dad. And uh, that kind of humor, that kind of repressed observational humor is my uh, dad's side of the family which is the stoic don't show any emotions uh, but just make observations that are quirky and also they're really into uh, birthday cards like if you get a good birthday card or a card of anything that says something quirky or funny on it they'll love you for the rest of your life they are protestants yep extremely protestants (laughs) Zion yep. Lutherans, actually. Yep. So, if anyone's trying to get in good with Steve's dad, yeah. you know what get, to do. Get a card. Let it get a greeting get card. Get a funny card, but yep. not too funny. Not too funny. You don't want to give too much away. That yeah. was a good. That was a good. 
We have a I, lot of mom I, talks on this it, show. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just uh, chime in. My dad's just cool to do. Yeah, your dad, your dad is the weed, the weed dealer like, of Ocean County. I feel Ocean like in County. my head, Marlo's dad like surfs onto sea turtles on the uh, You're not. You're actually not terribly <laughs> not far off. Like, I feel like... No, you are not far No, my dad is like the most fucking athletic person his yeah, age. Like, like, I, I just feel like we're going to go uh, down and visit with Marlo's fam and your dad uh, is going to ride up on my, <laughs> just jet skiing. My favorite um, story about uh, Marlo's and dad. And I'm going to be like, this checks out. This seems Marlo's like everything dad, uh, picked up a phone call in the middle of like driving and just talking regular to us. And then he picks up a phone call from his fisherman friend. And the code switch was so oh, yeah, no. fucking. Yeah. He went from just like, yeah, I like it to, you know, I don't really say things and we're going to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow. And it sounds like. Wait, yeah. Steve, do more. Yeah, no, <laughs> do yeah. more mid, mid-Atlant. Uh, it's uh, just ows and e's and oos. <laughs> you sound like a British person trying <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's ocean. Yeah, so that, man. you know, it's something about it that you're just you gotta click into it. You gotta like, you, just you gotta, gotta wait. sniff. Look, snort a little this right here. <laughs> the old bay the seasoning. Old bay. The old bay It's gonna seasoning. give you some insight. You remember this though? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, a, I, we were I, all well, he, laughing in the he car. Does, he does it all the time. <laughs> Like, no, well, that's, yeah, my dad does do some weird, like, code switching, like, depending on which friend group he's talking to. Oh, uh, my dad absolutely as well, because well, it's ESL. Well, and then but. my dad has the, whenever he's talking to his family up north, he sounds like he's in Ohio, because they have that mid, mid, Midwestern accent that, and he, you know, you can tell who he's talking to based on how he sounds on right. his line. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I even told the story when it happened. It was just like when we all went out water skiing recently. And like finally, my dad's like, all right, Sage, you're driving for me. And my sister starts driving for him. And uh, yeah, oh boy, he's like a really good water skier. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I am fascinated by this because um, like I can't think of a thing that my dad would be able to do less. <laughs> um, he'd be like, oh, it's cold. Uh, <laughs> no, my dad, my dad would like it too. I remember him as my soccer coach and. Yeah, my dad did that for his super, sister, for my sister. Super, Aww. super competitive. I just remember my dad screaming. And by every time we had a game, game day, he would just come home and not be able to talk for like the next two days. Oh, my he, dad did that, but he was normal instead. Yeah, he just screamed and screamed. Go right, Steven. Go right. Pass, pass, pass. Go left. Go my right. My dad is not good at sports, so he never tried to coach anything, but he was involved briefly with my Greek youth group. And that all kind of fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> that all kind of fell apart. We're in, uh, bleep this out. We're in, uh, Beep. 
got accused of hanging a dog. Whoa. Uh, and my dad, and somebody drew it on a basketball and left it somewhere. And my dad had it, and there was some sort of fight. And then my dad went and retrieved it and brought it in in a big dramatic way mm. and was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, but still a crazy thing. Uh, that was the most involved my dad was uh, that well, I can remember. My dad And is- also he was, they did volunteer the one time we did a blood drive in my high school where I passed out trying to give blood. I pass out every time I give blood. And I've my never da- been able to do it successfully. No, me neither. And I made a joke the first time I tried to give blood and I was like, oh yeah, that's really funny. I see purple yellow. And I was like zonked out. I didn't even make it to the whatever. They were pricking my fingers still. Well, first of all, they had to prick it twice because they were like, you seem like your iron's low. And I was like, no, I just have thalassemia. So it looks like it's low, but it's just like they're very tiny. They're like petite red bugs. I don't really have whatever. And they're like, oh, we'll just do it again. And then like she pricked another finger and started like milking my finger. And then I passed out. Yeah. Well, she was first. She was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. And then I passed out. Well, and now every time this is like three times that I've passed out giving blood. Um, I was just regaling Marlo with how I have to do a whole thing to not get super woozy. I've had to have the smelling salts before at the doctor. I have to talk to them about the weather or something. I can't look at all. I have to do a breathing exercise. I don't look. I look at something else in the room. I look at the doctor. I talk to him. I distract myself. I'm like, this is not happening. I can't see the blood. And I look. And you know what's even funnier is if I think about myself looking at myself getting blood, I pass out also. I, I look directly happen. at it and relish in the fact that my dirty, polluted body is having some of it removed. I don't even like getting my blood you pressure get, okay, taken. Guys, it you're making me, me feel like I'm going to pass out. I okay. seriously think. And with All that. right, we're done, guys. It is. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. No, we're way over time. So, yeah, right. we are super done. <laughs> okay. Cut a lot of this out. Okay, bye. Right. Bye. <laughs> Call my name through the cream and I'll 
Won't you come? 